this is Christmas week, so we're taking a break from John, and I'm going to dive into, this has been on my heart for a while, but I might share with you a little bit, and it's perfect in this season because Christmas is about peace, that we talk today about peace. So I'm calling this the Advent of Peace because it's Advent season. This is the fourth week of Advent. It's the final week of Advent. Advent means coming and, and the arrival. And, and really, Jesus is the arrival of peace. I don't know. I think Christmas it gets all caught up, right? And it's, it's a different Christmas this year with, for many of us in terms of the pandemic and things that are going on. But it still is a season where we have the best of feelings. We try to. We Hope and joy and love and soft lights and cattle lowing. I don't know what cattle lowing exactly is. I think it's mooing. But but that's the thing, right? It's sort of like this story we know. We know Jesus was the Messiah. We we know he came to earth. We we know he lived a perfect life and died for us. But that's that that knowing doesn't necessarily mean we feel peace. And I don't know about you, but many of us right now are not feeling peace. I mean, it, it might be because of the distance with relatives, might be because of conflict, might be because of politics, might be because of death and disease and different things that are happening. It just seems like this is not the season to be talking about peace. And what do you mean peace? And so this idea when we say peace came and Jesus brought peace, I guess my heart for you and me is that we might actually trust it. And then you might actually begin to understand what it means. Because this is an amazing, wonderful thing. There's, I want to read you the definition of the Bible word for peace. There's one in the Old Testament, really, that means shalom. There's one in the New Testament. The New Testament words, if you look at the dictionary, it says a state of concord, of harmony, especially in personal relationships, a state of well-being corresponding to the Hebrew shalom, which means welfare and health associated with messianic salvation. We have that. Uh, okay. But I want more than just somebody telling me a definition. I want to actually believe that there's peace for me. So I want to show you that. I want to show you from the Bible. The, the first thing I kind of want to do is the, the reality that you and I really do long for peace. And you may see this, you may not, but I, I, I think what I want to do is go underneath this, just this idea of peace to you. Peace, peace. Like that's something that should hit you. I want to convince you. I want you to see that your life is really lived around this longing for peace. I long for it. I don't think it's too much to say that. This kind of this harmony, this right relationships with those around me, the health and well-being. This is what I long for in my whole life. I think you do too. We strive for it, right? I give you a couple examples. So there's a little girl, and she's got leukemia. And she goes into the hospital for treatments and radiation, loses her hair. But the hope is that those really hard and difficult treatments will restore her to health. To, to peace. A dad gets up early every day to go into work so he'll earn enough money for his family. Y you can ask, well, what's really enough? But, but that's not the point today. Or maybe it is. The, the, the point is that the, his effort is to have peace, to have enough for his family, that they might have well-being for whatever those needs might be. 
the son, misunderstood. He says, man, I wish my parents would understand me. He longs for peace, for right relationships, that, that he'd be understood. Everywhere we look, we're driven by this desire for peace, and we define our relationships by who we're at peace with. We, way more than not just hostile, like the cessation of war. So we're not talking today about the idea that we have peacetime or that we somehow aren't fighting France. No, I'm talking about this amazing deep thing that each of us have of do we have a sense of well-being? You know, we sing the song, it is well with my soul. Can I really feel that? Is it really true? So, If you believe in God, this idea of peace certainly extends to your relationship with him, right? In fact, these other relationships usually depend on him, too. I mean, God, take care of me. I I think there's a sense. I don't necessarily function this way, but at least I'll say it. You know, God, God's over everything, and he's in charge, and so he's in charge of keeping my relationships right. And I just want to say, I mean, the hard and sad truth, we strive for peace, well-being, health, relationships. We long for peace, but we very often do not have it. I mean, if I was going to get you into a dark corner, ask. So this little girl struggling with cancer, she just struggles with the side effects. She doesn't feel healthy. The dad getting up to work constantly fears that his work will be lost or won't be enough or his family won't appreciate the sacrifices that he's making. The son wishes his parents would understand it, but he firmly believes they will never do it. So we long for this. We have, we have breaths of it. We have little glimpses. We have joy to gift received or words of affirmation of those we love, and it, it, it unburdens our heart for a moment. But, but I'll tell you, especially in this season, a lot of people have a lot of struggle with this even idea that it is well with me. So here's... Here's the problem. We really do believe that our peace is up to us or up to the person I'm looking at that I I want to have peace with. I put it at that horizontal level. If we're good, if we're good and make good choices and have good motives, and if they're good and they are good and they make good choices, then peace would happen. If we could surround ourselves with others who are like us, my, my peace would be full my enoughness, my relational stability. We see it in statements from the Bible. Let me show you a couple. I'm going to be in a lot of Isaiah today. Isaiah is a wonderful gospel-saturated book. Isaiah 48, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's my God. I am the Lord your God. Whenever you see Lord, I'll capitalize. That's God saying his name. I'm Yahweh who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Isn't that cool, man? If you, if you would just do what you're supposed to do, you would have peace. There's one to lay on the person you don't have peace with. Do the right thing. Because you know what? Look at this. Follows up. We'll skip an important piece, but we'll come back to the end. It says, hey, 
There is no peace for the wicked. You say, well, I'm not feeling much peace. Maybe I'm wicked. Right? There's, no, there's hope for me, I think. Here's the hope. If I do what I should do, and, the, and then whatever other person does what they should do, then peace flows, and there should be wellness and wholeness, and it's from that, that interaction, right, and that way of thinking. It's not just there. Let me show you another verse. Here's the end of Isaiah 57. says, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Sounds familiar. That's the same thing emphasized again. Wellness, health, relational well-being. There's, no, there's none of that. So we preach to ourselves and to each other a message of being good to get peace. And, and, and if it's possible, do good and peace will come. And, 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 and I believe it's a false message. Because I left out tons of context. Because I think it's going along the lines of this, right? Like Jeremiah 6.14 says, says, They've healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Peace, peace. Do good, do the commandments, and there'll be peace. I, Jeremiah repeats that twice, too. Let me give you another Jeremiah verse. You've got to look at the bottom to catch that it changes. There's Jeremiah 8.11. It's remarkable. Why? Because it's exactly the same. They've healed the wound of my people lightly. Speaking of the priests who are presenting to people the commandments of God, who are saying, this is what you have to do. And, 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 and if you do, peace to you. Why is that healing lightly? Because we remain trapped and caught in this partial goodness in misunderstanding and poverty of mind and soul like those looking across a, a giant chasm and over there is this beautiful garden full of lush grass and ferns because i love ferns it's got to be ferns but over here where i am is desert i want to get there well then do right do good But I don't. And so the word of the God, God is true. What does it say again? There is no peace for the wicked. I, I'm, I'm the wicked. I mean, this, the hint of peace is in these things, but there's not lasting peace. And it's not because God's word's not true. It is true. It's because it condemns me. It says to me, no, I'm not. It says, hey, no, Dax, you're good. Well, I might be better than you. And you know when I say that? I'm just, I'm just totally digging the hole for me. Because I'm not the one to compare against you. I'm supposed to compare myself against the law of God and his standards. And they go to the sky. And so I long for right. I long for right relationship. And I think the way, the way that I have in my mind is that I'm going to try and be as good as I can because then peace will come if I just say the right things and do the right things and, and, and I can get the other person to say the right things and do the right things. Then peace. No. That's healing a wound lightly. It's not enough. And why do I say that? Because the Bible's message is that peace came outside of that whole system 
that we long for, that we try hard in, that we work at, and then it fails us, and it fails us, and it fails us, and our parents fail us, or our kids fail us, or our friends fail us, or I fail myself. There's no peace for the wicked. We're at Christmas, you know. This is why Christmas is so treasured. Because it's the arrival of peace. And it's outside of you. Totally outside of you. It's amazing. God became a human being and was born as a baby. All of the Old Testament pointing to him. Jesus, Messiah, Savior from the outside. Not the people in the world becoming good and getting peace. But peace came. I mean, that's what the heavenly host announced, right? So, so, so there to the angels, all of a sudden the sky splits open and there are so many angels you can't count them. A host, it says, and, and there it says, and they all shout out, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he's, who's he pleased with? Whoever will see and hear this amazing message that God has become a man, a human being. This is our faith. It's so amazing. It's just remarkable that God from heaven and his host of angels says, Look, I'm proclaiming something to you. Peace. And has nothing to do with whether you're wicked. Wow. The Bible's it's not just an isolated incident. It's a story of the coming of peace. You know, we talk about hope and we talk about faith. And we talk about love. All those three things are really important. First Corinthians 13, here they are. But I'll tell you what, it's all based in the reality that peace has come. Our hope springs out of the peace that's come. And, and, and so, so when you look at it, look at old Simeon. Remember him? The old man in the temple. He's in the temple. He's watching the sacrifices. He's watching people try to be good. He's watching people keep the law. And what does he say when Jesus, the young Jesus, comes into the temple? They're bringing him in to dedicate him. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Why? For my eyes have seen your salvation. The peace that we have, that he had, is he got to see Jesus came. Remarkable. Remarkable. It's a statement of God at work, regardless of anyone's opinion. God's at work. Simeon's not at work. Simeon's not establishing anything when he says this. He's just been waiting. And the peace is that he saw Jesus. And, and Jesus himself says that peace, wellness, health, right relationship, the well-being that suffices for your soul is found in him, right? A gift from him, not, not us. This peace will be in the midst of the most difficulty. The world has no idea what peace is, but this, look what Jesus says in John 16. I have said these things to you, Jesus speaking to his disciples, that in me you may have peace. So he doesn't just say, Jesus doesn't say to you and me today. He doesn't just say, hey, I want you to have peace. No, he says that you might have peace in me. It's a big deal. Our peace is located in Christ. More on this in a minute, because we're going to talk about the world too. But we have an idea of what peace is. It's temporal health. It's everything going my way. It's me improving and showing how good and true and excellent I am. And Jesus is like, you really got no idea. Real peace. Why do I say that? Because Jesus did. 
Look what he said. When he drew near the city, this is right as he's going in on the triumphal entry. Jesus is going to enter the city on a donkey. They're going to say, Hosanna, Hosanna. They have no idea. And they're going to kill the king of kings. And he says, oh, he weeps over Jerusalem. Would you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for what? Peace. Now they're hidden from your eyes. You think peace is these things. And it's me. After Jesus lives and dies and rises from the dead, look what he does. He appears to his disciples. I'll give you one of the passages and several passages. You can read about it in John 20 where he's talking to, to, to Thomas and different things. But let me give you the one in Luke. Jesus appears. He's risen from the dead. They haven't seen him. All of a sudden, poof, he's there. He walks through walls. Whoa, Jesus is walking through walls. It's amazing. And, and, and Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them what? Peace be with you peace to you. Say, well, that's just a common greeting of this. No, Jesus, very specific, the very first words he says is, I have brought peace that I give to you. You can read about it in John 22 where he says it twice. The first two things he says, he says it again. Can you see it? Peace, a direct equal sign to receiving the gift of Jesus. It's an abandonment of your own ways and a simple saying yes to Jesus. And the New Testament really fleshes this out for you and me. This is what peace is. Hey, hey if, if the advent of peace is Jesus himself, look. Look in Acts, 20, uh, Acts chapter 10. It says, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching the good news of what? Of peace through Jesus Christ. He's Lord of all. See, peace comes through Jesus. In fact, the whole idea of, of the gospel, the presentation of the good news of Jesus, is very much linked to the idea of the good news of peace. Ephesians chapter 2, he came, talking about Jesus, and preached peace to you who were far off, that's me, and peace to those who were near. Peace, it's a word that you hear, but it's not empty words. It's a promise, right? Relational health, well-being, rightness to anyone who will hear it. It's a word spoken. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Not through the ways that we think we do, which is by us doing the right things and the other person doing the right things back and, and going on a nice evening. No, through Jesus. This is a stark contrast, almost unbelievable reality that Christmas is about the gift of peace and his name is Jesus. If you have him, you have peace. It, it's possible you can nod your head at this. It, very, in fact, you, I'm, I'm almost sure you would agree with me. I'm not saying something that's remarkably deep and not understood. He's the Prince of Peace. You've heard the, the bumper sign. It says, no Jesus, no peace. Then underneath it says, no Jesus, no peace. You just spell it differently. Without Jesus, no peace. With Jesus, peace. Got it, Dax. You go out. But you still don't have the experience of peace. And I want to make sure we talk about it for just a couple minutes today. Why? 
Why? If this is true, and you say, yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. I get it. Jesus is peace. The little baby in the Bethlehem is peace. Jesus died for my sins. It's peace. It's all peace. We have peace. But then we go right out, and we are arguing with everyone. And my kids won't come over. And my job is hard. I'm not at peace. Swanson, you're, you're telling me a tale. How do we experience peace? Right? What's the experience of it? I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road to me. Because the reality is that we have peace. It's an announcement of God to you. But you may or may not experience it. Does that mean you don't have it? No. Does what God say is true or isn't it true? Because peace is a gift from God. He promises you peace in Christ. Peace is his plan because Jesus came to earth as a baby. And if you can accept it, this does guard your life, right? It's amazing. What, what do you mean guard your life? Well, oh, did I miss Philippians? I'll just read it to you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding... I just don't even get it. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amazing. Now, how does it guard your, your heart and your mind? By replacing the truth that you tell yourself, that your peace is up to you, that your, your, your circumstances are telling you something about God's heart for you, that, that this life that you're living is somehow, man, if I don't get it just right, peace doesn't come. It's my deal. I missed it. And it replaces it with, wait a minute, God has me. Jesus died for me. He didn't just die for me, he died for you. That's a mind-altering, life-altering realization if you'll let it hit your heart. If you'll hear the word. People that say, man, I'm trusting Jesus. Or people who say, I'm not, I'm not trying to judge my circumstances anymore. I'm not trying to judge your morality anymore. I'm not trying to judge whether or not you should or deserve any peace. Nobody deserves peace. But you know what? Jesus gave it to us. Peace forever. brings these amazing passages to bear in your life that are true simply by trusting Jesus. Let me give you a couple, and, and then we'll talk about what, what it looks like. So Isaiah, back to Isaiah chapter 32. The effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. <sighs> Bring that into the reality that Jesus Christ is your righteousness. The effect of Jesus, your righteousness, is what? Peace, quietness forever. That's a promise to you, you know. That's going to happen because Jesus Christ is your righteousness. I treasure these in my heart. I, I, I think on them. Why? Because it's, it helps my soul to come the effect of righteousness. Not mine, not my trying to get there, but Jesus' rightness is mine. I, I, Isaiah 55 Well, let's do 26 first. That's just amazing. Look, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. He just trusts you. 
So I said, well, okay, then I'm just shifting. And what I'm going to make is how, not how well I'm doing the things, but how well I'm trusting. And if I don't feel peace and I'm not trusting, that's not the way to see this. There's a promise. God will keep you. Period. Why? Because I'm trusting Jesus. Jesus is my everything. So he says he'll keep me. And, and, and what wants to lie to me are my lion eyes that says he's not really keeping me. The difficulties I'm experiencing right now, it says he's not really keeping me. The evidence I want to bring to bear to say he's not really keeping you. But, but, but God says I will keep you. Not only that, look, you go down to the bottom. Oh, Lord, you will ordain peace for us. For you have indeed done for us all our works. Talk about the gospel. There's Jesus who's done all our works for us. He's done them all. And so he ordains peace because he's done the works. Oh, finally, lay down your works, man. The yoke is too heavy. Put on his yoke, which says, Jesus Christ is for me. Incredible stuff. So this peace is this reality that is proclaimed with a voice to you that he has done everything, not you, not for some heavenly potential life, but for life right now. The actual truth of receiving that lets you lay down the burden of somehow it's up to you. The little girl in the hospital, she's she's loved in spite of her difficulty in life and when we see the picture we will know and see how god loved her she can be at peace the father you know knows that the 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 real father in heaven has him no matter what happens and this perspective perspective can shift to this idea you know god does have me I don't know. What about all the difficult things that really happen to me? Aren't they evidence of no peace? Well, not at all, right? If you're seeing things through the line, I already have the peace. You can't take the peace away from me. So it's, it's like you have, I thought, you know, I, I'm not a big coffee drinker. And I don't know what this wassail stuff is that people drink. I'm not drinking that either. But, but I like cocoa. So I'm getting some hot cocoa. And the marshmallows are the different circumstances in your life. But the cocoa is the peace of God in Christ for you. You take a sip of the cocoa, you want to drink the cocoa. But I don't really love the marshmallows necessarily. In fact, I don't want them in there. I want to take them out, but you can't. They flavor the drink. They do. Our experience is flavored by all the things that happen to us. I get it. But the deep, deep drink you're drinking is the cocoa. Is the depth of Jesus Christ for you. That we trust by faith because we hear it in the word of God. And, and the, the devil in this world that doesn't understand it. In fact, Jesus said, didn't he, and didn't he say it? And do I have it on here? Ah, oh, I can't even see anymore. But in John 16, right, where it says, it says, oh, hey, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He's saying you're going to have some marshmallows in your cocoa. You say, I like marshmallows. That's okay. You can enjoy your circumstances too. Praise God. But you don't have to. It's the cocoa you're after, right? That, that in life or death he has you. With money or not he has you. That peace and righteousness is yours because he says so. These voices, these words, your own flesh, they say other, otherwise. And you're wanting desperately to take away your experience of peace. So come back and see the manger. The peace is there. It doesn't go away because you aren't seeing it very well. It's still there. He still loves you. Because Jesus came. 
If you will see this peace forever outside of you by promise, this is the meaning of Christmas. This allows you to rest. This allows you to have assurance. This allows you to see amazing things that you enjoy right now, despite all the ways that we continue to be afflicted in this world. We're not of it, but we're in it. Okay, so so if we could stop interpreting favor through personal obedience if we could stop striving to get peace in some other field or in some alternate time or space or reality than we have right here, that, that sin no longer keeps you from God. You know how crazy that is? Because it's been paid for by Christ. You just receive Jesus. He's your peace. Otherwise, you've got to get rid of that stain. And yet we don't. This is the freedom that Christmas brings. Because you and I, we sin all the time. And yet I can be at peace. And you say, you say, Dax, well, wait, wait, whoa, before you go all full bore here. You're diminishing justice. Fight for peace. Peace is right. Living. Here. We've got to fight for that. Get away from the evil person. Fight for what the right perspective is. Establish peace by conformity to the rules. You, man, if you've been divorced, get away from that person. If you know a person in the same sex attraction, get away from that person. If there's a person that you know... Wait, whoa, whoa. That's not where you want to be. If your actions determine your peace, then you are on trial. Not the person you're accusing, you. Are you good enough? Have you done enough? And and we must judge. But if our whole action is to accept what the word says, that he is our peace, then our perspective is entirely on trusting that what it says is true and we can be assured and have confidence and have rest and all the actions that come from this, not towards it, not we got to get to peace by doing all the right stuff, but oh my goodness, I have peace with everybody because of Jesus and letting that perspective change actually what you do, how you think. And when you can't and you don't and you won't, the peace remains still because Jesus Christ has done it because our peace is in Jesus who has broken down every wall. Peace because of the baby born in Bethlehem. You want to talk about why we really celebrate Christmas? Because it's the most radical action of God that he has done in creation ever. He became man. And he lived a perfect life and he died for our sins on that cross. He is our peace forever and ever. Merry Christmas from God to you. So, take in today the declaration of heaven, crying out to all who will hear, on earth, peace among people with whom he's pleased. Pleased to come. Pleased to die. Pleased to save. And may your Christmas be blessed with the coming of peace every single day. This. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen.